Welcome to Rem and Sam. Free agency has started and it started off hot for once. The Spurs are number one on everyone's rundown. I don't even have to force it this time. It just happened. It happened naturally. It's crazy. Uh, DeJounte Murray gets traded to the Hawks for Gallinari, three first rounders, and a pick swap. What was your first thought when you heard this, Rem? Well, Sam, I have only known the Spurs in the glory years. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan was drafted before I was born. They had already had a ring under their belt before I was born. My first ever basketball memory, not just Spurs memory, first ever basketball memory period was the 06-07 finals when the Spurs swept LeBron James and the Cavs. Mm-hmm. That dynasty continued. They won the title, obviously, when I was a teenager. They were able to shift from Duncan into Kawhi, Kawhi, and then obviously into the off years, but then this past year with the ascension of DeJounte Murray. I guess we'll get into it. Obviously, the emotions mm-hmm. ran high initially when the trade came out, but long-term, this is the first time in my fandom they've ever fully pushed into the rebuild where there really is, it's really like, okay, yeah, we're fully tanking. Yep. The future is, is in... 2025 2027 it's when i'll be a a full-grown adult it'll be a decade from now who knows where i'll be at but they've always managed to push it off like i said the duncan was a 20-year reign Mm -hmm. they had Kawhi. they turned Kawhi into DeRozan for a couple more years success and then the the murray thing they hung around and with the play-in game you know now the 10 seed can be interesting so even though they're a 39 win team last year they're still able to be somewhat relevant and now it's happened. They fully pu- they fully pulled the plug. You've been calling for the Spurs to go young for a long, long time. Yep, long time. At the end of the day, they really had no other option. DeJounte Murray was not going to resign, so they had to do it. We'll get into it. But initially, Sam, when I heard about the trade, I to me it felt like a real like franchise altering trade. Wow. Am I was I wrong? Because Murray Murray he's never made an All Star team until last season Mm -hmm. you know he was all defensive team early on in his career and yet the size of the package that they were asking and what they got back it felt like a huge gigantic franchise altering trade but tell tell me tell am i am i overthinking that am i am i crazy settle me down maybe yeah yeah i'm gonna settle you down right now DeJounte Murray, it, it's not an altar it's not franchise altering trade and this is why DeJounte Murray we've only seen him perform at this level for one year um, and the reason why he got traded is because, one, like you mentioned, or, well, you haven't mentioned on the pod, but beforehand, you know, he wasn't looking to sign an extension. You know, and some of the stats, you know, they look great, but I don't think either of us think that DeJounte Murray is, you know, a top 10 guard in this league, you know, or a Hall of Famer, like, all-NBA player. So I don't think it's a franchise-altering trade. It doesn't make the Hawks contenders. And, you know, the Hawks, I mean – the roster is still solid, you know. He's a bit of an upgrade, but you know, he and he brings better defense to this team. Obviously, you know, he he brings some upside. You know, Bogdan Bogdanovich is twenty nine. You know, who knows how long Hunter stays healthy and John Collins is pretty much out the door at this point. So, you know, it's it's nice to. I mean, I think they overpaid for him. You know, three unprotected first round picks. Um, I am happy that they got rid of Gallo. You know, he was a solid player, but, you know, it makes, I mean, out of all the players that they could have picked, you know, they were able to give the, you know, older guy who you, you pretty much have seen all he got. So, 
you know, I, I, I don't think it's a franchise-altering trade. It's a good trade. It's a good stepping stone. But they still need to make go out and make the franchise-altering trade. Um, or they'll keep, I think they'll stay pretty much the same record because I felt like Murray needed the ball. And I, I don't think he'll be as effective on this team as he could be with the Spurs. You know, he won't be – he won't – I don't – it'll be tough for him to grow. So, I, I, I never – I felt – even when I heard rumors of it, I didn't really like it because – you know, I don't, I don't know if he'll have the opportunity to grow as much, and um, especially around Trey Young, and I, I don't, I don't see, I see, I mean, I see the small improvement, but I don't see too much of the upside for the Hawks. Yeah, by franchise altering trade, I really mean there's just a lot of assets going back and forth each way. Mm. Uh, I do kind of want to compare it to some of the other big star player trades in a little bit, but you think about like where the. Pelicans are at versus the Lakers with Davis and the Thunder versus the Clippers with Paul Dora. And just like the way the team's pushing a lot of future assets versus getting a star player back, just how that can affect both franchises. Kind of what I mean by that. To get into the nitty-gritty exact details, the Spurs get Danilo Gallinari back, obviously for the contract. Mm-hmm. They get a 2023 first via Charlotte. So that's Charlotte's 2023 mm-hmm. first. Next year's draft. Charlotte you know, who knows what's going to happen with Bridges with the news coming out this yeah. morning. But obviously just throughout free agency with his contract, them not wanting to give him the max what their roster could look like. So that, you know, that could be a favorable pick mm-hmm. next year, Charlotte. They also get the Hawks 2025 and 2027 first, as well as a pick swap in 2026. All those picks unprotected, the Hawks get back to Jante Murray. I guess if you want to nitpick a little bit, like you said, mm-hmm. not getting any of the young players back, you know, the Hawks didn't sacrifice any of their uh, any of their depth. Like yeah, which I would have asked for at least like, you know, maybe someone they drafted this year, you know, Griffin or something, Jalen Johnson, like, you know, at least some young player. But. Yeah, but I mean, they were able to secure a lot of unprotected yeah. picks. Which, you know, the who knows what future picks are? Like, it's one of those things that NBA people are going to find really smart. So you kind of have to just be like, well, I guess I trust the process on that one. But, yeah. uh, like you said, not touching any of the young assets that are already there. I found out about this trade. I was actually on the golf course, picked up my phone. Right as I picked up my phone, I have the uh, obviously Woj's Twitter alerts are on. It's the NBA yeah. offseason. You have to get those coming in. Yeah. Exact second. Right as I pick up my phone, it buzzes in that DeJounte Murray is traded. I was going through all the emotions. It, I was, it was sad. I knew the picks, people were saying the picks were good, but to lose a star player like that. And then the news did come out later in the day that he was not going to re-sign. With San Antonio long-term, he was not going to sign for the extension. He was up yeah. this year with two years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I'm able to stay so calm mm-hmm. right now about this. But you just look at the future that the Spurs have right now versus where I thought it was going this offseason because mm-hmm. there's a world where they just they keep Murray and then they had the cap space and they pushed that maybe to Aiton and now Aiton's on the roster and it's Murray and Aiton and the young guys and you know it's it's a good team but they can still potentially be in the lottery and have a good pick or two yeah. versus now what they have where it's Primo, Vassell, Keldon Johnson, you know this year's draft class and then this all this collection of future picks like which future would you have been more interested in if you were a Spurs fan? Well, is it time for Conspiracy Sam to come out? Conspiracy Sam, come in. Well, my theory is they can't come up to Pop and be like, hey, 
You ever watch French basketball? You know this guy, Victor? He's kind of cool. You want to tank for him? You can't tell Pop that. But then again, you can't fire Pop, so what do you do? Hey, let's get rid of all our good players and pretty much screw over the season. You know, maybe get in the mix, and especially with the percentages flatting out. I mean, the Magic were what? I can't. Were they third or fourth or fifth for percentage odds? Um, I'm looking at Tankathon. It looked like. Last night, the Spurs were still sitting at eighth on the Tankathon rankings, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's been updated this morning. But you're right. The one thing that this trade does is. It just puts them back to where they were at last year, where they were just the most asset-deplete team in the league. Well, not asset-deplete because they have all the picks, but just from a, what they can throw out there on the basketball court this coming season, if you look yeah. at the roster, and it's like, oh, yeah, obviously it's not good. So they've firmly planted their, their spot in the Victor Wambanyana sweet Yeah, it's, it's pretty much tank because, you know, I, I think the only main reason why DeJounte Murray was a star player was because he's the best player on the team. But I think it's similar to the Jalen Brunson thing, which we'll get to later. It's like, yeah, he's a solid player, but he's not changing the landscape of anything. Like, no one's like now, oh, the Hawks, watch out in the East. Like, no, it's not a serious it's not a serious team. And, you know, he's he's a nice young player, you know, some a building block. But um, I definitely, I mean, I like the trade for the Spurs for sure. I mean, now that you guys have 11 picks in seven years, you know, now we can start talking about, you know, do we finally, you know, if, if it's time to really start tanking and, you know, who – you know, maybe trade Pirtle. Who who knows the next steps? You know, but I, I definitely, uh, I definitely been saying, like you've mentioned for a while now, that they need a tank because I mean it's just a lackluster roster. And um, you know, for the Hawks, who who knows? I definitely wish they had less picks, but they still have a lot of assets and to move. And you know, who who knows? Maybe they can side Bradley Beal or something. We'll get wanna, talk about that later. You want to do an updated? Uh, Wambanyana sweepstakes leaderboard because this is going to be leaderboard. Great. This will right. be this is going to be obviously now the next twelve months of the pod is obviously just going to be updating the Wambanyana yeah. sweepstakes. Like this is going to be great for us. But the leaders mm-hmm. right now, OKC, obviously, San Antonio, obviously, yeah, and I think Houston as well. I just think from a roster standpoint, mm. probably there's just going to be a bottom. I might three. take Houston above San Antonio. I would I would definitely yeah. take Houston. They have probably more talent right now than both of those teams, but yeah. they're still probably one of the bottom three rosters. Well, I mean I mean Houston as in like more tanking because oh, really? they'd be willing to actually bench their guys if they're playing well. Well, I don't think true. San Antonio Pop would, Pop would still want to win. Yeah. There's the teams with the young cores this year that I don't think will be necessarily full on tanking, but they'll still probably be bad. Uh, Detroit, mm-hmm. Indiana. Sacramento, they're going to try to make the playoffs, but yeah. I think you have to put them in there. They were the – well, they weren't the fourth te- worst team, but they were you the fourth team. think Orlando's going to be – And I think um, Orlando more. is the other team as All well right. in, that, in that tier. Yeah. I think the teams that are looming are Utah, if they blow it up. Who knows? And then Washington, who – you know, they're going to re-sign Bradley Beal, but is he going to stay long-term? Maybe if he's gone before the deadline, yeah. maybe by the deadline, Washington's fully pulled the plug in there. So those two teams are looming. And then – there's like three teams out there that if it goes south, maybe they're not trying to be in the sweepstakes right mm-hmm. now, but they could be by the end of the season, and that's Brooklyn, Portland, and then the Knicks. Those, wow, okay. Those three teams. If it just yeah. goes really south on them. Really, really south, yeah. Portland's like, we have enough young guys, we'll trade Lillard. The Brooklyn mm-hmm. thing, obviously, that could be a disaster. And then the Knicks, they just mismanage the whole situation, and then by default, they're bad, and they're in the sweepstakes. So that's going to – that's mm-hmm. gonna that's 
what it stands out right now at the end of June, early July. So we'll be back next year. Yeah. To see what happens. No, I'm definitely excited to hopefully see, you know, your draft picks, getting some more playing time and uh, some tanking, some tankathon. Um, as for the Hawks, uh, right now, you know, the Utah Jazz are kind of quiet now that you brought them up. And uh, Donovan Mitchell has been linked to them, you know, also the Knicks. So we'll see. But I think Donovan Mitchell is probably, like, one of the smarter trades to make. Um, you know, besides getting someone, signing someone, I, I don't know if there's too many, many other options because teams aren't like, hey, let me trade, you know. I think uh, trade to get rid of my great player for whatever you guys have. So, um but yeah, that's about it for the trade. I, well, what, the Hawks. You want to give grades or? Well, just you did mention, but the Hawks, they did give up a, a lot of future assets. Obviously, they gave up what could be, you know, four first-round picks in a way. With the if the pick swap, if they're just bad in twenty twenty-six, and the Spurs can move up using that, they could potentially give up four first-round picks, all unprotected. But the Hawks are such an asset-heavy team that they still didn't give up flexibility if they're trying to push their chips into the middle of the table yeah. now and kind of go for something. Because you said the East might be a little bit weaker this year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a lot of teams with question marks. We can go through the where Atlanta sits in the, mm-hmm. the Eastern odds in just a second. But, you know, they don't have the picks. But Collins, I don't, I don't think he's off the market with this trade. No, no. For sure. I think... They would still be willing to shop him. Definitely, they Herder, are shopping him. Herder's a team. Herder's a guy that teams like. A Kongwu obviously is a young asset. If the right deal came about, the Capella contract's still there. Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. They still have the young guys as well. AJ Griffin they just drafted. So this team still has assets. There's still moves to make, and their lineup as it sits right now: Trey, Dejounte, DeAndre Hunter. Mm. Uh, John Collins, and then whoever you want to throw at the five, a Kongwu if you want to if you want to yeah. project out and go Capella as well. I mean, it's a pretty good five, but yeah. like you said, it's not. Yeah, it's not one of the, like the. Do we start doing the oh. Trey and Dejounte? Oh, where do they rank God. for backcourts? Exactly. No, they're definitely not up there, and um, I mean we'll see. Right now, for uh, odds that I'm looking online, it looks like the Hawks are like uh, they're seventh behind the Raptors, at least from what I'm looking at right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I had. I looked at them last night. Milwaukee was plus 290, mm-hmm. so was Boston. Brooklyn was third, plus 340. Yeah. 76ers, plus 750. Yeah, that's all the heat up there, too. Heat, Bulls, Raptors. And then oh, the, yeah, the Bulls above them, okay. The Hawks were 24 to 1 with the, with the tied with the Raptors. Oh, okay. Cavs were eighth behind the Hawks at 47 to 1. I do kind of like the Cavs bet a little yeah, bit better than Cavs, the Yeah, Cavs, definitely. Definitely, people sleeping on the Cavs. We'll, we'll have to see what comes out of there. Cause, yeah, they got some good pieces. Hopefully, Okoro can play better this year. Cause he looked rough last year. What's the big three in Atlanta now? It's Trey, it's Dejounte, it's DeAndre Hunter. Above Bogdanovich, over Bogey. Ooh, is it Trey, Dejounte, Bogdanovich? Yeah, probably. Um, do all those do those three guys fit well together? Is Dejounte? Is it? I mean, does DeJounte crack the big three? I don't know. I think defensively he brings a lot to that team. Yeah, a lot. But we're talking about, like, in terms of big three, it's usually with the offensive side. Cause, like, it is. But yeah. Trey is so offensively dominant over there. Exactly. I actually do think DeJounte is a great thing next to Trey. I think that's – I think it's a solid that, bet. That's pretty, I that's pretty great, good. You know. That's pretty good. For, for DeJounte, for, like, a running mate for him, I think in the backcourt that's pretty good. 
I mean, I know it's your guy and your team, um, but I'm not, you know, I'm always a little bit worried about one season wonders. You know what I mean? Like, we, I kind of want to see it for more than one year. And I mean, like, I get it, but he's speciality isn't standing in the corner shooting threes, and that's what Trey needs. So, you know, maybe he can develop that. Does he know. need that? Maybe he needs somebody to mix up the offense a little bit so they don't just get stagnant all the time and just do the same thing. Yeah, well, yeah, but, I mean, from the from the Eastern Conference Finals run, you know, we saw that at least as long as Trey is on this team, the ceiling is when he has the ball in his hands and – He's cooking, so, you know, unless, besides, you know, Murray having 10 seconds, 5 to 10 seconds on the shot clock to figure something out, you know, create a shot quickly like that, you know, it's probably spot up threes a lot this next year, which, you know, maybe he could be better at than he was before, but I'm always a little bit worried about one season, wonders, because, you know, let's see it a couple more years, you know, so. And, hesitant. yeah, you're right, Trey Young is the, the ceiling mover for this Hawks team, ultimately. That's why... Even though you bring in DeJounte, who I, I personally think is a, a really good number two next frame, it just doesn't move your title odds. Like, you're still, mm -hmm. what do we say, seventh or eighth, which is where they finished in the rankings last year. And if you just go through the rosters, it's not where you wouldn't expect them to finish this year. Mm -hmm. Things could break right for them. Brooklyn think he goes south. Philly think he goes south. But those things, honestly, they seem to be trending in the right direction, I guess, if you're fans of those teams. But so just they're, they're still kind of where they're at last year. What if Atlanta takes these pieces and just knocks on the door of the Lakers and offers offers this for Anthony Davis? And just they had gone for a bigger fish in the water. Maybe it wasn't available, but if they're trying to win the title with Trey Young, like to me, the all-in move is for a guy like that instead of obviously not versus DeJounte, but DeJounte and DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. Like if you have to give up all your young guys for Anthony Davis, you know, that's the kind of guy that I think is going to get a title with Trey Young. No, he, he will, but why would the GM let that happen? I don't know. Do they have exactly. some do they have clutch guys? players. Do they have clutch guys on the, on the, on the Hawks? LeBron has shown time and time again. He he'd rather, I mean, like anyone who wants to win right now, he's always in a win-now mode, and trading for young guys is literally the opposite of what he did last offseason with getting Westbrook and getting rid of all the solid young guys, you know, not, not all of them young, you know, KCP's a little older, but all solid pieces around him, he instead decided to go get, you know, a superstar in hard quotes. Um, so this is the exact opposite of what he would do, what he did do last offseason. So, you know, I, and again, for the Hawks, yeah, that makes totally sense. I mean, there's literally no reason for them to do that. But there's no way LeBron's letting that happen. <laughs> so, yeah, know. and the only clutch client on the Hawks is DeJounte Murray. There you go. So. I mean, and they could throw him in the trade, but, like, LeBron, he's not doing that. No, I guess, yeah. I guess the Raptors is who they should trade with because OG Ananobi See, and Gary Trent Jr. Look at this. Already both, uh, on ESPN, guys. what they're talking about is a catch-and-shoot three-point percentage from DeJounte because everyone knows that's what he's going to do. Like, I hate to, like, you know, and that's, you know, I hate to be a Debbie Downer about the trade, but, like, Trey has shown time and time again, which at some point, like, John Collins was complaining about it, and the front office is kind of like, deal with it, because it's like, we're not obviously going to change anything. So, you know, we're going to, I mean, you know, we want to obviously want our team to mesh well, and you want to encourage that, but Trey's going to have the ball in his hands, and, you know, maybe bench minutes, you know, and that would be an interesting thing, you know, staggering their minutes, you know, having more solid guard play the whole game. You know, not, so you don't have to rely on Sharif Cooper. So the team will improve. It'll be a better team. But, you know, 35%, hopefully it's better this next year. Then. 
No, this is good. This means the threes. Spurs really won the trade. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad yeah, this is no, what they we won came the around trade. to. They definitely won the trade. They're still doing it. And and to, just to get in the tank the year that Wembenyana is in the draft. At I least mean, in the mix. In the mix. Just yeah. to be in the mix. Just like the, you know. Maybe get scoot. Historically, they weren't uh, weren't a team that always tanked, but they pulled the plug in the Duncan year, and it worked out. Yeah. Back around a whole Robinson new, was hurt. Yeah. A whole new generation of Spurs fans, mm-hmm. and we're back in the tank. And Wembenyana is a possibility. So, I don't know. Fingers crossed. The the league the league likes setting the lottery order in a specific way. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at the lottery order this year in the draft, I think it was perfect for the prospects that were on the board. I think Orlando had to be the number one pick. OKC the number two, Houston the number three, and then they get to reward one team every year. They got Sacramento. They made the Halliburton Sabonis trap. My my point is, I think the Spurs are in the mix, mm-hmm. and I think if they play their cards right and show their hand well to the league, I think they could be in the mix in a behind the scenes conspiracy kind of way as well. So I think the league really likes to make sure the lottery order plays out in a certain way. Yeah. No. Well. Well. I mean, I'm definitely I'm definitely a fan of the Spurs being in the mix, and you know. I just want to hopefully see Pop be competitive before he retires. And not to steal the whole rundown from ESPN, but how old do you think Pop is going to be before he retires? Like, do you want him to coach until he's 80? Because he's 73 right now. And that's, yeah, I mean, And it might be it. until then that they're competitive again. Like, that's fine with me. <laughs> I'm going to tell Pop to go? <laughs> no, but, like... Who am I? Oh, my gosh. All right. Anyway, um... On that note, though, Spurs, Spurs assistants that have left to be coaches. M.A. Adoka's on the Celtics. Borrego was on yeah. the Hornets. Becky Hammond. Still an assistant. Borrego's gone, though. Yeah, guy. he was gone, but he you know, he Ooh. left to be a coach. Uh, Becky Hammond on the Aces. Chad Forcier will be a head coach. He's, yeah. on, he's an assistant on the Bucs. I really hope Borrego gets another chance of being head coach because he deserves it. That, I mean, that team was – I don't know what he was supposed to do with all that, like getting thrown new pieces. Yeah, I mean, he'll be a head coach yeah. at some point. Um, moving on, um, some players that exercise their options on their deals. Kyrie and Westbrook. Um, Kyrie is now, you know, sources are saying he's an improve it year, as he should be. So you think you think this is the year to turn it on back to 2016? KD and Kyrie. That's the thing. Like, if they mess around and actually try, who knows? They could, they could be really – they just pick up one or two guys in free agency. Throw on Bobby Portis, you know. The, space. the funny thing about this whole situation is last year the the Nets not once during the entire run put their foot down on any of the situations mm-hmm. that were developing and uh, immediately in this offseason Kyrie's opted in and the reports have come out that the Nets have said last year is unacceptable this year we're going to try harder this year we're putting our foot down and the, the guy that always never put his foot down before and then is trying to put his foot down for the first time it's just always it's always a rough start Mm-hmm. This Nets organization is going to have to learn how to be tough and run, you know, run a basketball organization with a certain strictness and professionalism that you have to have when you're trying to compete for, for championships. You just some stuff can't slide. So, can't. it's going to be the first the first year of them trying that, and, you know, I would just have question marks about their ability to pull it off. But I mean, mm-hmm. that, that that's that's what it is. This whole. Uh, Nets, Durant, Kyrie run is either going to be really good for ownership and management and they're going to learn from it and they're going to know how to run a willing, winning basketball organization because they're they're in New York and they're going to be able to spend to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. You know, will they always be able to attract Kevin Durant? No, but they're not the Knicks in a way. Yeah. So they don't have a 
hey, this is a disastrous situation. Let's not go here. Vibe to them yet. So if if they learn and they they know how to build a winning organization, this could be could be a good era for them. But you know the the other the other side of the coin is what we're all worried about, and that just the Kyrie thing continues to go yeah. south and it all falls apart. But we'll see. That's to me that's the big thing. The Nets are putting their foot down this year for the first time. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Is it time for hot take time? Yeah. Hot take Timmy to come in. Are people today. sleeping on the Brooklyn Nets, though, if they come back all healthy? We got Kyrie, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and then Drummond or Claxton. And Drummond's been – he's a Claxton. solid center. Claxton, off the bench, you have Goran Drogic. Do you like Claxton or are you just reading his name? No, I actually do like Claxton. No, you don't. No, yes, I do. He's a solid – you didn't see him in the playoffs. He does his job. He doesn't get – he does – obviously, he's a little bit of weakness, but as a young guy, he's not He's not a bad center. Like, And at the end of the day, that's I not their I like him strength. in the draft, so I want him to work out, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying he's, like, going to take a step forward this year, but if you're getting, like, what, 10 and 11 from him, like, that's a good day. I love Seth Curry, though. Exactly. And then off the bench – so you have Drummond start, and he's a he's a veteran guy. He wasn't like, like you know. I think he's a solid guy. You know, I don't, I don't. And they're not looking to him to create stuff. Anyway, he Gore, played really good for him when he came into Brooklyn. Yeah, Drummond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll probably be the starter. But I'm saying Claxton, if he takes a step up, could take a spot. Yeah. Um, off the bench, Goran Dragic, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, Claxton, and then you got like Kessel Edwards. You know, Blake Griffin Ooh, like could go in there. Lamarcus Aldridge. Patty Mills could go in there. Well, Patty Mills just opted out of his contract. Yeah, he caught so it, but be, they could sign him back. He'll be a free agent. He could um, but they, uh, they could put Blake Griffin instead of there, you know, Aldridge. But Blake Griffin off the bench. So this team has a solid 10. And, you know, it, that's if they all come back healthy. And if we look at the, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're, they're losing Portis. Okay. My, my – of course, the depth chart here is glitching for ESPN. But right now, Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Tacumpo Lopez. They don't have Dante DiVincenzo anymore. Um, they have to probably figure out what's going on with Portis. You know, George Hill. Portis will be the big offseason move for them. Yeah. Uh, Pat Connaughton behind them. You know, the, the, the bench is a little lackluster. I mean, they have Wesley Matthews. But I think the Nets, you know, maybe – I, th- I think they might have the best 10 in the East. And, you know, who knows about uh, with the, the Heat? You know, they also have a deep team. They're interesting, but they don't have, obviously, the high-end talent like uh, like the uh, like the Nets. So I, I definitely think that people are kind of sleeping on Brooklyn if they come back healthy. And Ben Simmons is expected to come well before the preseason. Now, not holding our breath. You already know. But if they all come back healthy, ready to play, no vaccine mandate, which was the main reason missing with Kyrie, the whole reason the chemistry. KD kept playing, you know, and he was still, like, a really solid player. Joe Harris was in and out. But I think I think if they if they get their heads on straight and they're focused and they come back with a full offseason. And this might be – this is the first full offseason in two years for the whole league. And no one needs it more than the Nets, I think, honestly, with all their injury and stuff. So And more importantly than some of the veterans you mentioned. Yeah. The young guys that you're going through as well, because I actually do Cam sneaky, Thomas? sneaky have liked their draft picks. And if yeah. they have drafted well, and Cam Thomas can take a step up, and mm-hmm. Kessler Edwards can take a step up, and Deron Payne, who's Deron. kind of an interesting prospect, I would Deron, say. Wait, Deron Sharp or? Deron oh, Sharp, yeah, yeah, Sharp. Yeah, Deron Payne is the lineman for the, yeah, the yeah, Washington Commanders. Yeah. Deron Sharp yeah. is Deron the center Sharp. for the, yeah. the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. If he's an interesting yeah, prospect. Yeah. 
So if they have Sneaky drafted well, that could be a that could be a step for up for him. To me, it just all the things that need to go well with Brooklyn. Obviously, the Kyrie situation is the big situation that's looming over them. Mm-hmm. It was the big. Well, I, I, I want to be careful calling it a virus to the team just because mm. of the situation. But to hopefully to understand, it hurt what the I'm chemistry saying. though. Yeah, it, it hurt. Just, the, no, it just yes, did. It yeah. hurt the chemistry of the team. Yeah. And to me, just everything that needs to go right for Brooklyn needs to go on around Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. It's not Kyrie Irving specific because he is not the second most important piece to this team anymore. Mm-hmm. He is the number two guy from a star standpoint, but he's just not. He can't be the second most important piece on a title team. Simmons defense well, is going to Simmons defense is going to have to be elite, and they're going to need that sort of wing defender, offensive initiator. They're going to need, like I said, the young guys to develop. They're going to need depth around him. They're going to need Durant to not get pushed around by Al Horford again yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. And if Kyrie can come in and put 35 on somebody at any mm-hmm. point, that will be the icing on the cake. But to me, it's not the thing that gets them over the title. It's just it's a thing that you have that's awesome that you that you need to win the title, but it's not the number two thing. Now, you know, back to the looking at the Celtics, I mean they still have their depth. So, you know, they're they're right up there with um the Heat, but um I, I definitely think Kyrie can be the second option on a title team. I mean he's shown ups and downs and I think with the depth of this team they can give KD rest. KD was carrying that team all season long. You know, he was a little, he did have some injury issue during the middle of the season and stuff like that. And, um, but he was the only guy on that team. You know, Joe Harris, I think, wasn't in that series as well. He was out for most of the year. Yeah, exactly. That's another decent shooter. You know, Seth Curry just joined. So I think with Simmons taking some of that defensive load, you know, um, and, um, you know, with Kyrie also taking some of that offensive load and having less pressure on KD. He has to go through all offseason, everyone talking about him washed, you know, talking about Horford, bullying him, how he got swept. I, th- I think KD, you know, he's going to come back stronger. I don't know, obviously better, but I think, you know, because he, he was still great last year. It was just, you know, they had really rough, really rough playoffs. But um, I, I definitely think it shouldn't count out the Nets. And um, it's really – there's just so much talent on this team that – and I think Kyrie can be the second option, but there's so much talent on this team that I don't think they should be neglected like I think they are. There is. But if to me, if you go into next season going, it's KD and it's Kyrie and that's how we're going to win the title, it's just – to me, it's not going to happen. It needs to be – it needs to be KD and, oh, Ben Simmons is defensive player of the year. And just all these other things need to be happening. And then Kyrie needs to be something that – Oh, yes, he's there. He gets 35. Because to me, that's the way it needs to be. Last last year was KD and Kyrie, and we're going to try to win the title. And it was it was a disaster year. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could look back on last year and just go, there's a lot of things we throw out because it was just an outlier year from all the rest of these other years in NBA history. But to, right now, that's the evidence we have of these two guys as the leader on a team. So until otherwise, I just would bank on hopefully these other te- other things around them stepping up and getting better. That's how they, to me, that's how they win the title. But. I mean, I think, I think, I think Kyrie can. I mean, we'll see. Um, I mean, I, I definitely think he can hold up his own as a second on the offensive side. Maybe Simmons obviously is the number one guy on the defensive side. So we'll see. Um, and I mean, looking at that series, you know, the I mean, the the um, Celtics, you know, they were a lot fresher. They were on a hot streak as well. And um, looking at that series of wants to come up here real quick um i mean the the nets they did i mean they did have most of their players there so you know i mean you do bring up a solid point but 
Well, we'll see. I, I mean, we did that. That series definitely left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Uh, but uh, I'm just telling y'all right now, don't don't sleep on them. We'll see. You know, uh, it it's definitely interesting. And then Westbrook, I can't, bro. I, if you're, I mean, what what do you do? What do you what, what what's the plan? What do you do? What do you do? Because that's just so much. Forty-seven mil, right? And it's the last year of his deal. Um, so at least he'll be a free agent next year. He's expiring, but it's 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 rough because now you got a you got now the big three in L.A. But do you bench him if you're if you're his coach? Do you honestly think about benching him? Because I don't. You know, here's here's what I'll say about about Russell Westbrook, and I've said this to you off the air, so I'll just I'll say it now. I get that he is clearly not a the level of what he used to be. He's clearly a step below as a player. But I think the path for him being a really good and contributing player is obviously still there. Yeah. If you watch his highlights on, say, like his turnovers or his missed layups or shots, if he gets, he can still get past a defender, see the big below the rim and try to hit the big. He just throws the pass wrong now. Yeah. So to me, there's no reason why Russell Westbrook throws that pass wrong. Like, why can't he just throw that right anymore? I don't get it. He still beats the guy. Yeah, he's not as explosive as fast as he used to be, but he's still, you know, a high-level athlete in the yeah. league, and he can get past defenders. He can still get to the rim. He just he misses layups. Obviously, the shooting has never been good. It's mm-hmm. fallen off. But the the driving, the he can get to the rim. There's rebounding. He's still, to me, an elite guard rebounder as well. So yeah. just the path to him being a productive player is still there, and that's what we said all last year. We it's like, hey, Russell Westbrook, when are you gonna flip the switch and at least get back to some level of competency? And it just it never happened for him. So that's that's the play for the Lakers is to get something out of him. And he has an expiring contract, so yeah. I get it's a big number. But the expiring thing, in a way, can make it easier to move because, I mean, Charlotte's going to be – Charlotte, we heard earlier in the offseason, maybe sitting there with the Gordon Hayward contract. Like that, that might be there later in the season. Charlotte's probably not going to be good this year. So if they can get something out of him and turn him into a little bit of an asset, that's best-case scenario. Mm-hmm. So, well, but he was never going to not opt in. He was going to take the money, yeah. and we knew they were going to have to deal with it. Yeah, no, you're completely right. They definitely would have. I mean, there's no way he wasn't taking that money. Um, and he's still. I mean, the thing is, is he's still a good basketball player. But it's whether he'll change his game to fit the Lakers. And what he's shown over his most of his career, almost all, pretty much all of it, is that he doesn't change his play to fit the area. That's why KD left. That's why Paul George left. That's why now he's dealing with pretty rough last year, and how many? I mean, at some point, LeBron. I don't like LeBron has only so many years left now. Like you mentioned, obviously, you know, I was saying, can you have to bench him in Jazz? Like, of course they have to play him, but uh, well, not with the way he was playing at the end of the last yeah the last year. I his benching. I mean, was, off the bench though, like you know, fifteen to twenty minutes when everyone's you know. Yeah, yeah like maybe, but like, he was not, you know, he's not a starter. He was not a starting-level point guard. Yeah, not starter, not the starter, yeah. And I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying he still does some good things yeah. out there. But you're right. His, he, at by the end of this season, got the playing time he deserved. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which was zero. Uh, but it's, it's, I mean, with AD, hopefully AD can stay healthy and this team can be competitive. But, I mean, if they're not, I understand, you know, just throwing them out there for a couple runs. And maybe LeBron changes his game to him. You know, who knows? But I don't think uh, so far we've seen over and over again that Russell Westbrook, ha- you know, needs the ball and he needs it and he takes his shots and he goes a certain way. And I'm not saying he's a bum or anything. It just sucks that 
you know, he doesn't fit his game. And, you know, who knows? People change, but I'll have to see it before I believe it for sure with him. Um, moving on to more free agency news. Some declining options. Bradley Beal is a free agent. But Reb says he's staying, right? No, he's definitely. I that's 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 what's out there right now is the Wizards are going to offer him almost fifty million dollars a year. He's going to take that. There's a reason he's sort of limped to the finish line these last couple seasons, dealing with injuries, not being super aggressive to return, not requesting a trade. It's because this this fifty million dollar pot has been sitting at the end of the rainbow ever since he made All NBA, third team All NBA in 2020, 2021. So it all he had to do was get there. All he had to do was get to this off season. He has to opt out of his contract. He gets that $50 million right away. Or not, I, whatever the contract is. He signs his new deal. He'll be one of the highest paid players in the league. And if he's going to want out long term, then he'll decide that. But he's going to get his bag now when he can. Yeah. It look, I mean, it looks like he's probably going to try to um, leave or try to get signed. And then he could always leave later on. Get that $248 million Supermax. Man, that's going to. That's got to hurt, but uh, I know that he had some interest about wanting to um, sign, do a sign and trade with him, you know, improve their team. But it looks like chances are they'll probably he'll probably sign on and maybe, you know, do do a trade later. And uh, it'll just be a lot harder to trade him. Yeah, but. I mean, hopefully he really does want to stay because Bradley Beal at $50 million a year is much harder to trade than Bradley Beal at, say, like, what, $36 million yeah. a year, which is what he would have gotten if you have to opted into mm-hmm. or obviously taking way less money but yeah. that's not going to happen and he's going to become hard to trade yeah but the one who does did the exact opposite was Harden who declined his option but it seems like he wants to get he wants to do a team friendly deal um so they can improve their bench it looks like you know he's trying to help the team win which I really, you know, admire James Harden, and I'm happy that he made this decision so that because they know that the 76ers know they definitely need to improve this team to compete with these top-end guys. I mean, we're talking – we were just talking about the depth of the Nets. I mean, the Heat, Celtics just went to the finals and all these. So that's three teams right there who are going to be in the way between them and the finals, which is Joel Embiid's goal as, you know, one of the top players in the league is now the expectation is definitely finals with – him making the conference final several times and not getting past it. So I'm definitely happy that uh, Harden took this team-friendly deal, and um, it'll be interesting to see what pieces they can add to this team. Is he starting to win you over? Have you looked at James Harden and gone, he's the good guy all along? Was In Houston, was it really ownership and how, you know, a lot of stuff was coming out about that time and just about how difficult yeah. the owner was to work with and – Maybe, yeah, just, you know, maybe it was it was uncomfortable at the end. They mismanaged some of the basketball players. The Russell Westbrook-Chris Paul trade was not a great trade for the Rockets. Maybe maybe he really was in the right there. In Brooklyn, you know, obviously Kyrie, like, may, maybe Kyrie was the big problem in Brooklyn. And now in Philly, yeah. we thought he was we thought he was going to obviously take the $47 million, but he declined. He's going to work with the team. Is he the good guy now all along, Sam? What happened? No, he quit on three teams in two years. Yes. Yeah, like... And I know, like, as, you know, we always got to bring up the Podfather every podcast. But that's the point they bring up every single time. Like, when you to bring up Harden and Rasilla every single time, they're like, they quit on three teams in two years. And, like, yeah, with the with the uh, Rockets, they loved him. And, you know, it's – they were going downhill. I mean, it makes sense. But – and they were pretty much one injury, one hamstring away from and Chris Paul from making the finals because, yeah, they went 0-25 that game from three. But – 
it still was less than 10 point game so they definitely could have made the finals um and you know he had some competitive years down there but i definitely think with the nets him leaving that wasn't on him i mean that was that was a dumpster fire of a place and you know i think he's realizing that the options are getting slim you know there's not many more teams that are going to take him if he keeps on getting traded and Joel Embiid is the real deal. So, in a, he himself has not that many years playing. You know, he's never been in the finals. So, we'll see. Uh, I definitely definitely applaud him for realizing that maybe he should, you know, stop screwing over teams and actually help them for once. And um, I don't know what pieces they can get to really ch- change his team, but um, I definitely like that he's giving them the cap space. No, and, and I would – probably hold off a little bit on uh what a team like assuming what a team friendly deal is at this mm-hmm. point just because no numbers have really been floated out there and it honestly seems like the timing to him declining his player option is more important than mm-hmm. the actual money they have some sort of mid-level exception they can use now yeah, exactly. i believe that's in the 10 million dollar range yeah. they have a another four million dollar exception that they can use the minimum salaries or whatever so P.J. Tucker's a guy that they're going to make a run at is what it sounds like. Maybe they'll throw the, the $10 million mid-level at him. But they, they give him some flexibility. I'm sure Harden is going to get you know in the $40 million. Yeah. Re- this guy's not going to you know, t- c- take a $12 million pay cut and get $35 million a year. Like, I, I, don't don't know, maybe. I don't believe that. I don't believe personally that's what he's doing here. I mean, he's made enough money, though. Like, at some point, money isn't an issue for him. Like, you know what I mean? Like. It's not, but I, I yeah. just don't think that of all the guys in the league that are going to take that big pay because nobody else is doing that. Even Bradley Beal's not doing that. Bradley Beal's obviously going to take the $50 million and figure it out later. Yeah. So I, Harden's going to get his bag. I think he just gives the Sixers a little more flexibility. But there were two things to the James Harden equation last year that equaled uh, just a lot of rough success in Philly, and that was he was overpaid and he was out of shape mm. and slightly washed and – Will he still be overpaid this year? Maybe, but at least he's working with the Sixers, giving yeah. him some flexibility. He's just sort of seeing the big picture. There was also in uh, the article that Shams wrote about him declining his player option, there was also a quote in there about how he's returned to his his off-season workout, his on-court regimen, his mm. training. Oh. He's ramping up his conditioning sooner than possible. So maybe, it, you know, James Harden not known as a off-season workout warrior. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe there is some light of the tunnel, tunnel for the end of the James Harden situation here where last after last season, Philly fans were, oh, we're going to have to pay this guy almost $50 million a year. Yeah. And we have a point guard who's not going to show up for us in the finals games. But the two, the two pieces now that equaled that, maybe they're starting to turn the other way anyways and trend back for the right way for James Harden. Yeah, definitely. And like you mentioned with the P.J. Tucker thing, I mean, sources are saying it's pretty much a done deal with him for three years for 30. Um, oh, so they are going to throw that hole. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems like the main report out right now. So they just need to call it into the league finally. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that James Harden could take a pay cut. I mean, he has Adidas deal. He's got all his money. I definitely think that, you know, at 32 years old, you know, with the amount of money he has made in the past and money he will make in the future, I, you know, at some point winning has got to become the priority. And this might be his last chance. I mean, he, I, after I don't think he, what, he has two, three years left in him. And you're with an MVP candidate. So 
what it, what's $12 million at the end of the day? Like, I definitely think he could definitely take a pay cut. And, um, you know, he's not, it's not like, uh, you know, a, a lower star who, you know, is making their biggest money right now. I, I think James Harden is, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely a superstar at one point And who knows? He'll, he'll, he'll make his bag in other ways. And I think at the end of the day, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, I mean, if he'll, if he'll take a even lower deal, but. I definitely think he could go drop down to like thirty and thirty-five million, which, if he's healthy, could be a bargain. So, um, so I know I know I don't fully understand the NBA cap, but they do have his bird rights, so I believe he could probably sign a pretty big number without them having to give up mm. too much of their extra cap space. They can clear prob- they can clear about up to nineteen. I don't. I Harden's going to get a lot of money. I think they wanted to bring in P.J. Tucker. I don't know mm-hmm. from a roster standpoint if they're going to bring in any other, like, big needle mover names besides that mm-hmm. as just, like, could be on the floor at the end of a the game. They'll fill out the bench. There's some interesting, like, minimum option guys. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they just went through the option minimum salary at, like, Kevin Knox, mm-hmm. for example, or even that $4 million just, like, Kevin Knox. He's, like, a it's young, on, long guy. Like, DeLon Wright as a defensive guy off the bench, but... It's still not a super deep team, and there's mm. just I don't think there's a ton of cap stuff they can do to get too much deeper. So, Harden is probably going to get a lot. Of, but if I'm wrong, I'll be, I'll be wrong, and I'll I'll believe when I see it. I just think he's going to get paid. But their bench is still even if they bring in Tucker and they have a decent starting five, their bench is still Thibel, Melton, yeah. Niang, Korkmaz. They have Shake Milton, Paul Reed, Paul Reed there as well. He, he had some moments there. It is so the the five is not bad. The starting five of Embiid, Tucker, Tobias Harris, who there's probably still looking to move, but Harris, Harden, and Maxi, it's good, but the bench is still weak. And yeah. I still think even if Harden comes back in shape, there's just there's just a lot of question. They're just going to be one of the big question mark teams in the league. Yeah, but at least Hard- things are trending the right way for James Harden. Yeah, no, they definitely are. Um, coming up next. Are we this offseason having the worst player sweepstakes? Um, I, I mean, I really like Jalen Brunson during the season, but there's no reason for this much talk about him. I mean, $30 million is being cleared for him. His dad's one of the coaches. Um, and uh, his dad, yeah, his dad's one of the coaches. The president was his former agent. And, you know, with all this talk, it sounds, I mean, if someone was just coming in blindly, you'd think he's a Hall of Famer. You know, someone like KD or LeBron, and it's just it's just sad to see the Knicks have to try this hard for a mid-level player, mid-level star, all-star maybe. But I mean, that's I just think it's tough the more we see it. But hopefully, and the the funniest thing is Brunson is taking a meeting. He's taking a meeting with the Mavs, obviously taking a meeting with the Knicks. He's also taking a meeting with the Heat. Mm. Who you said before this, but the Heat obviously just get meetings with every free agent. Yeah, you said that, but so he's taking the meeting with the Heat. It's just funny that there is another team looming that could potentially steal him from the Knicks. And if anything, just another team out there to keep the Knicks driving the price up for Jalen Brunson. Because when I looked last night, I don't, I don't, you said 30 million. Have they upped that to $30 million a year they're going to offer him? Yeah, they cleared the yeah, 30 million in cap space, about 30 million. So the Knicks, uh, the offer that's been floated out there is like four years, 110 million, mm-hmm. which comes out to yeah. like $27.5 million yeah. a year. There is a world where. They signed Brunson at $27.5 million. Randall's $26.5 million for the next three years. And then Barrett's up for an extension next offseason. Mm-hmm. If they give him the max, that could be, you know, in the low 30s every year. 
So there's a world where they're paying $87.5 million a year for Brunson, Barrett, Randall. Mm. They're also talking about re-signing Mitchell Robinson this year. Oh the number gosh. that I heard floated out there was four years, $60 million. That's an extra $15 million a year. There's a world where their top four guys are Randall, Barrett, Brunson, and Mitchell Robinson. They're paying them $102.5 million a year. Oh, my gosh. So, I, yeah. you know, good, good luck to the New York Knicks. Uh, maybe it is better if they lose Brunson to the Heat or the Mavs instead of this payroll, but it seems like that's what they want. The price keeps going up, and apparently New York's willing to pay it. But they're not going to lose out on Jalen Brunson, Sam. They've lost out long enough. The Jalen Brunson sweepstakes are on us, and the New York Knicks are not losing. Is there any chance he just goes back to the Mavs for 22 mil? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. 22 mil? I mean, they offer him, they're offering him a five-year contract. So, I mean, it's not like the Mavs are just sitting on just doing nothing here, letting him go. And honestly, at what point does the price become too high? Yeah. Where Brunson's looking at the Knicks and just going, really, you're going to offer me $27.5 million? Like, I'll just, I'm just going to go back to Dallas. Yeah. $22 million a year. For five years? For five years. We're gonna, I'm going to be with Luka. We're going to be in the Western Conference yeah. Finals every year. We, I just showed I could... Be, you know, we're, I could be the number two on a title team at that price for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that that is out of the realm of possibility. Well, that's still 110 mil. It's just, you know, stretch over a longer time. And I, I mean, I personally would rather stick with a superstar. Yes, the West is still a headache, you know. But, I mean, either way, it's still hard to win. But, I mean, do you would you rather play with Doncic or Julius Randle? Because I, I don't think there's much of a question there. And, you know, Doncic has shown, you know, even while he does hog the ball. I mean, I think I've seen him. He, I definitely think he could develop into, you know, giving up the ball more often. He's big enough to play a forward spot, you know, switching it up. And, um, yeah, I'd obviously rather just play with Doncic than leave him. The Brunson to, Brunson to the Heat, what are the odds of that happening? It's just. I mean, they talk to him. I don't know if they 8%? can do anything. Yeah, 10 Double 12. digits? It's double digits? Yeah, I definitely think it's double. I think it. I mean, it's there. Cause it's I mean, that's not contender. nothing. That's not nothing. But I don't. You know, I don't. I don't know. I just think. I mean, Brunson. Maybe he just wants to get the bag and we'll go to the next. But I mean, if winning, if he cares about winning, he's staying with the Mavs. You know, every every quarterback contract is the biggest quarterback contract in the league. Mm. Every Marvel movie that comes out is the new biggest highest grossing marvel movie of all time every new star wars movie that comes out it just it keeps getting bigger and bigger the new york knicks free agency situation just potentially could keep getting worse and worse because, yeah you know what two months ago if you had said they're going to offer brunson 27 and a half million dollars a year and there's a chance that he might not take it that would have been that would have been insane but the maps and the heat are sitting there they're good situations they're well they're well-run teams and uh, I wouldn't count out him going there. What would it be? What would, what would be the move to get him to the Heat? Is that like a Kyle Lowry sign and trade? Is yeah, that'd that be that'd be an interesting. A Duncan Robinson sign and trade. Yeah, but they need a. Well, Duncan's already signed, but they could trade him for him. I mean, well, oh, Brunson, oh, Brunson from the Mavs yeah. signed sign and traded the Heat. Yeah, I mean that would make sense, and I, I definitely would love to see him on the Heat. I mean. With that, with that core, you me know, too. I think that'd be pretty fun. That'd be that'd be really fun. And I think he's he's got he's got a little toughness in him. He definitely got. I think he could stand up to that heat culture stuff. So, but they're not. But that's not hero. 
Yeah. Right? That's not a that's not a Brunson no, sign trade for really Hero. Not, They're taking no. back like that's probably Lowry. Yeah. The Mavs. So, I mean, get, if you have Robinson not playing at all, I mean, even though he's young, it would make sense to do a sign. Get a shooter on the Mavs. Yeah. Robinson, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, Luca. Definitely Robinson. Yeah. I that's think, a wild starting five. That'd be wild. Um, the problem, I mean, the main issue I have with all of this is that the Knicks are making permanent moves. They're making trades that they can't take back for a player who might not even decide to come. I mean, Alec Burks is gone, right, and a couple picks. I mean, they're getting rid of guys and making roster moves for a guy that they don't have a guarantee of ever coming. So, Maybe. A- Fortunately, those are just guys, though. Not, not, they didn't, yeah. haven't done anything too serious. I guess the draft, the Zhang and the... Jalen Duran, like long term, we'll see how that plays mm. out for him. Those guys passed through the team; they had a chance, probably to keep him. Mm-hmm. Would be my guess. But we'll see how that plays out. I don't think any of the contracts they traded have been too bad, and I don't think it's bad to have cap space either. If they go, if they go into the summer and they have cap space and they have some cap space into the season, like you said, the, there's a world where they're a hundred million dollar dollar team and mm. the top four is. Is that? Is that better than what the Hawks can put out there? We joked last episode that the Knicks were trying to build their revenge Hawk team, and the Hawks just went out and acquired DeJounte Murray. They might be better than this Knicks four that they're going to be paying $100 million a year for. Or they're just a world where they miss out on Brunson, they have free agency, and yeah. they move Randall Barrett. So it would be bad. It would be funny. It would uh, be another day be, in New York. Yeah, it would just be another normal day for the Knicks, but it might not be worst-case scenario. So. Yeah, and um, I mean, we'll see. Um, right now, Brunson hasn't said like almost anything. So. The moves, I guess, worst case scenario, the move, all the moves they made leading to the Brunson trade. If they don't get Brunson, it might not be worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I, you know, I always feel jumpy about making permanent moves for something that you're not even sure can happen. And um, who knows? I mean, are there are there that great of free agents that you're going to improve your team? I mean, they'll probably just get more role guys, and um, uh, and. I mean, we'll see. I, I really, I mean, maybe Brunson is just waiting out the Knicks to see how much they're going to offer and keep jacking up that price. So, um, Monte Morris leaving Denver. I'm, I'm pretty sad. I wanted him to stay there. I liked, I liked him as the backup spot, but instead they're bringing in KCP, and um, there are two other players in the trade. But salary trade as well is KCP an expiring? Yeah. Yeah. Monte Morris is, uh, and Will Barton was also in that trade. I yeah, think. Will Barton was. So uh, Nuggets get some contract flexibility. I think Jokic, we're recording this. It's Wednesday the 30th. It's uh, in the afternoon here. So free agency is tonight. I think Jokic is going to get a pretty big extension once free agency hit. Yeah, yeah there's Horst no way he's not. That, yeah. so. They get some cap flexibility there. KCP, we both love KCP. KCP was on yeah. a title team on the Lakers a couple years ago. But Morris is playmaking, so though, with championship you know, pedigree. Jokic. I know it'll be nice. At least they're getting back a solid player, um, and you know, a three and D guy probably be easier to start. But you know, I really liked having Monte Morris. You know, I'm kind of sad he's gone, and now has to be on well, a bad now, team. Now he's the, a good team player. You know, he's, he he's good for a good team, and like on a bad team, it's like you seems know. like a real perfect uh, backup point guard. Also, mm-hmm. the Bones Highland spot now has been totally cleared, so he can just be unleashed this season as well. Come off the bench, six man of the year. Yeah, someone should check the odds. Um, Has a team ever had the MVP six man and the sixth man of the year? I think so. Maybe. Who knows? You're thinking three-time MVP? And uh, and if they had a comeback player of the year, Michael Porter Jr. Oh. If. 
Man, you're high on the Nuggets, the Nuggets, huh? I thought you were thinking Porter wasn't coming back. Oh, no, I'm just it's saying up. they could realist, like uh, they could win all of those awards. Not yeah. a lot of teams could do that. I guess the Heat with Hero and maybe if just like Jimmy Butler had an insane season. Yeah. Six-man-of-the-year MVP combo. Yeah, he has uh, – because wasn't – didn't he win it this past year? Um, Hero did, yeah. Hero did, yeah. Um, then the cap goes up, which it always does, so that's nice. And uh, we always like throwing the worst news at the end, you know, non-sports stuff. And Miles Bridges got arrested earlier today. Domestic violence. He's out on bail. Um, was supposed to command a max contract as a restricted agent. What do you do if you're the Hornets? I mean, just sit and wait, I guess. I mean, look, I, I guess. They weren't really like, going to pay him anyways, so yeah. now there's even more question marks looming. I mean, last week I already expressed my doubts about Miles Bridges, you know. I didn't think he was a max player and all that, but, you know, it's now it's – and now it's even stickier situation with him because it was already, like, on the court a little bit sticky in terms of, like, well, you can't really get rid of him because he's kind of this team's second-best player, but – like at the same time, you can't pay him that much because, you know, he's not gonna be he's not gonna be a second player on a really good team. So, um, and now with him dealing with this, it's it's uh, it's pretty rough. Hornets did release a statement, you know, pretty much saying that they're you know gathering information and they're they're checking it out. So we'll see. You know, it's sad to see. You know, guys, you know, like with these cases getting all, you know, pretty much de- messing up. And, you know, we'll see what happens, what comes out of it. You know, Washington, uh, Watson is still dealing with, I think, the third day of his hearing. So big cases happening in both leagues right now with, you know, off-field stuff coming out on-field. And uh, it's sad to see when that happens. So um, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, John Wall to the Clippers. Should we mention that quickly? Oh my! We goodness. won't do any. We won't do any big uh, summer sports is dead. John Wall to the Clippers overreactions. But it is. It is a good move. You know, it is not John Wall to the Clippers. It's more of a a good solid backup point point guard who's on the buyout market to the Clippers, who just happens to be mm-hmm. a former multi-time All Star number just one overall pick. Just happens to be. So that potential is there, but. Still, the, the Clippers' best five, I would still say at this point, is Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and then Covington, Ouch. that small ball lineup. But Wall, as your backup point guard, your bench is John Wall, Kennard, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, and Zubots. Re- recently resigned Zubots? Their bench is like a bad NBA team. Like, that's not that's, – that's pretty good. You have uh, John Wall behind Norman Powell? As of right now, we haven't seen John Wall play in yeah. two years. I mean, I, I still... John Wall mm. could definitely... It could. You kind of have to start him if you have him on the team. That's what I think. As a veteran, if you want him engaged... Oh, really? A John Wall point guard? I'm definitely... With this lineup, Wall, Kennard, Terrence Mann, Marcus Moore, Zubots, yeah. just let, especially to start the season, just let Wall run with those guys? I mean, I think, you know, when early in the season, when you're figuring stuff out, running lineups, 82 games, I definitely have, um, and it, um, you know, John Wall starting, but... Do you have him starting over Reggie Jackson if he's playing as good as he could? Like Again, we haven't seen John Wall in a, in exactly. a while be peak John Wall or just like, you know, on a basketball court, healthy John Wall. 
I'm saying right now this is what the lineups look like. But if yeah. you're telling me that, you know, in March we're look, you know, the closing five for the Clippers is Reggie Jackson, John Wall, and then George Kawhi, Covington. You know, there's there's just a line, a lot of lineup versatility now. They've mm-hmm. they've sort of been that way with the Clippers, but Wall's another guard that can slide in and just be uh, versatile. We'll have to see defensively because that's a good team. Maybe Wall struggles defensively, but they, well, so what was that starting five one more time? Uh, right now, I have their starting five: Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Paul George, Kawhi. I guess Covington starts, but or exactly. Zubat starts. Yeah. In that, but Covington as well. Like I think that yeah. small ball five is their best five, and then if it's Wall, Kennard, Man, Marcus Morris, and Zubats as your next five, mm-hmm. you know any of those guys, Man, we've even seen have moments where you feel like you yeah. want him on the court at the end of games. Marcus Morris, if you need a veteran, Wall, there, Zubats, if you need a center. So there's just a lot of ways this lineup can go around PG and Kawhi. They mm-hmm. still have a six million, six and a half million dollar taxpayer mid-level exception that they can use. Yeah. So I mean Bobby Portis. We mentioned him out there as a free agent. They've been a draw for guys lately. It seems like the Clippers over the Lakers, which I'll ask you about in a second. But if Bobby Portis is sitting out mm-hmm. there, maybe there's another young center they go. Mo Bamba's been linked to some of the L.A. teams. So I think they need to get another, probably another big, but they do have some cap flexibility they can use with that exception. And just a lot of overall lineup flexibility. I think the wall thing's good. I don't think it's a title contending type move. No. I think it's a great buyout thing. And I guess to just ask you the question, it seems like lately of the buyout market guys, a lot of them have leaned toward the Clippers over the Lakers. Yeah. And um, is that a LeBron thing? Is that just an overall Lakers thing? Like, what, what is that? Is that just we want to go play for a smart basketball team? Why are these buyout guys going to the Clippers? I think with the Lakers, um, you're not going to get the ball. You're just, you're just not. I mean, you have Westbrook, then you have LeBron, then you have AD who needs his touches. So I think as a bio guy, you obviously want to feel like you're contributing. And, you know, with Kawhi, you know, like he'll need the ball at the end of the games. But I don't feel like him or Paul George are really ball dominant when you consider, like, other superstars. And I do feel like the Clippers are they're a really smart team in terms of having good chemistry, being competitive. I mean, they remind me a little bit of the East or the Heat. In the in the West, where or in the East, getting mixed up here, but the Heat in the East, where they're competitive no matter what, even if they have their stars in or not, not, and they use their whole bench most of the time. They use their a good chunk of their team during the season, and uh, it just feels like they'll get touches. You know, Ty Lue is better of the two coaches, and um, the with, especially with this team, you know, with Paul George and Kawhi, who knows if they're in and out, if they're playing that much. So that's even more minutes and time where you don't even have your superstars. So you get more playing with you, your plan. But hopefully Leonard and George come back, and this is a solid team. But um, you know, and obviously they're going to get their shots. But I definitely feel like you know, if you're a bio guy, they're they're definitely team i'd rather go to because it just feels like you know they have their drama but it doesn't feel as as big with the lakers the spotlight isn't on you constantly and um i like the fit of this team more i like and and also you have better way better defenders whose focus is defending so you mostly have to worry about just offense and putting up good shots and the clippers are always sort of the looming juggernaut of the offseason it seems like the last couple years they always make a move they always bring in a guy and it's, mm-hmm. let's remember the clippers they have a nice core pg and Kawhi. they can play together yeah. and they have all this length and defense around them so this 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 is where we're at with the clippers again it go we're going into the offseason i don't think from a value standpoint if you're looking at the odds the clippers are a good bet they're the second 
Uh, right. Second best title yeah. odds in the West right now. Golden State's one at plus 290. The Clippers right behind him at plus 300. So I get it looking at their lineup. Like I said, there's mm-hmm. a lot. It's just, it fits. It seems like it fits together perfectly. And Wall's a guard they can bring in. And it just, he doesn't mess anything up that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to see PG and Kawhi play a full season of basketball together. That's yeah, going to be the actually be question, out there. But they've done it. Another offseason, the Clippers. Yeah. I think they're good. Just stay healthy. Just actually play basketball. Is Kawhi set to return? Uh, yeah, he's expected to return. Okay. Um, yeah, no, definitely want, would love to see Kawhi come back out and, you know, hopefully give this Clippers thing a run. Um, coming in also late just now, it looks like Brett Brown is returning to the Spurs. Pop is thrilled to have back a good coach, human being, and dinner partner. So Nice. Yeah, nice little note there, you know. Um, Brett so. Brown's decided he wants to try to get another head coaching got coaching job. If you're gonna do that, you have to pick one of the most. You have to pick one of the stable coaching trees to come out of. Brett Brown, mm. obviously former out of the Greg Popovich coaching tree, has returned to try to blossom into a new head coach somewhere. So good luck, good luck, uh, Brett Brown. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he unlocks Primo in a way that that we don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah, He's worked with Joel Embiid. Maybe he teaches Jakob Pertle. Maybe. Um, I mean, that's about it for NBA stuff. Uh, have you seen anything crazy in the NFL? You know, anything with the Colts? Or been mostly quiet. It's been really quiet on that on that uh, front in terms of news. Um, you know, soccer is happening. Shout out Rafinha. Chelsea doing their thing. Um, but that's about it. Um, was there anything else you had? Anything else on the slate? I finished Kenobi the other day. Oh, thank Watched God. Watched the whole show. Yeah. He told me to watch it. I, I is that some of the best? Uh, I think it's some of the best Darth Vader scenes I've ever seen. I mean, it, it's obviously the it's the best Darth Vader okay. scenes that are have ever been out. Like there. that plane. Yeah, I mean, I, that, like, I think I I think I said this in a previous episode, but when Darth you know Darth Vader comes around in what the seventies, the eighties mm-hmm. CGI is just it's just starting. So it's cool, it's iconic, but it's brand new, and they haven't really ever done Darth Vader mm-hmm. with the new stuff. So now now we see Darth Vader done with the new stuff and. As as we expected, Darth Vader is one of one of, if not the greatest, like one of movie characters of all time. Yeah, I mean he's awesome when he's done well and he's ripping planes out of the the sky with the Force and the lightsaber he has fight we has mm. with the third sister and Kenobi. He's just he's the best. The story the show uses him perfectly, introducing him almost like a horror villain. The way mm-hmm. they keep that going throughout there, which is perfect for Vader. Mm-hmm. He's you. You never want to oversaturate a show with him. He's in it the perfect amount. I, I could just go on and on yeah. about how awesome they Castle used to. Castle on Mustafar. Yeah, Vader, Vader's one of the coolest characters in film ever. So to see him done at that level and to be that good, Kenobi's it's going to be one of the best shows that we've seen in a while. And it's, yeah. a, great, it's a great six episodes. And it's probably the best thing that, that Disney Plus has put out so far. Oh. If we're talking the oh, Marvel right, If we're right. talking the original Over Mando? Shows, I... I guess I haven't seen. This is the first Star Wars shows I've seen. Oh, okay. But you know the Marvel shows and just the other Disney yeah, you Plus originals. Get on Mando, man. I just don't know how anything could be cooler than Darth Vader. He's the best. I definitely think it's a strong argument for the best Disney Plus stuff. Um, but having you know Baby Yoda and all that stuff, I mean that's pretty close too. Um, end of Boba Fett, it does start turning into also Mando, so there is that too. Um, but. Uh, what do you think about you know Darth Vader letting Obi Wan go in the beginning of the show when there's the fire and he doesn't 
he doesn't go for the kill, which obviously he couldn't kill him, and that was also the thing that sucked about the ending duel is he couldn't kill him. You know, Obi Wan couldn't kill him, even though he could have. But, but you don't want Obi Wan to kill Darth Vader, and then and and yeah, and, but but what do you show, think about him letting him go at the beginning of the show and not going after him like? He was just chilling there with the fire. Apparently, his fire he couldn't walk through it. Or I mean, I guess the thing about all these Star Wars stuff is like this all leads up to the the you know episode mm. number. Well, I guess episode number four. What, four? Yeah, four. So like like Obi Wan has to stay alive. Like episode four yeah. is coming in. Darth. So like we know how this is gonna end. I guess I guess could Darth Vader have been ruthless and gone for the kill? Yeah, whatever. Also, he uh, he ripped that plane out of the, the sky with yeah. the Force. So Darth Vader, he made up for it. And then um, I know people were saying these were some of the darkest things I've seen on Disney Plus because of Darth Vader, one scene where he knows, where he's searching the town and he's snapping people's necks. Brutal. That was wild. That was crazy. That was something else, you know, Darth. And I mean, obviously, you know. With Darth Vader, it's as edgy as it gets. But. The light, yeah, the lights, like the lightsaber fights and stuff, all that stuff in the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's what makes Star Wars awesome, but. When they bring him in in what like episode three and four, mm-hmm. and he's just walking around being terrifying, doing doing like you said that, just like real like crazy villain stuff. But yeah, just like it, it's almost like you're watching his shadow for the first mm-hmm. couple episodes with the way they have it laid out, and he's just terrifying the whole time. So just a hole all the way around. Yeah, no, really I I love every show that you know that has you know that definitely tries to push the limit and. Um, Oh my goodness! Are they what? Um, and uh, baby, we have some breaking news coming in. USC and this UCLA is, this, going to the Big Ten. Yeah, this is coming in right now from ESPN, from Sports Center. Oh my goodness! First reported by John Wilmer, USC and UCLA are planning to move to the Big Ten as early as 2024. Breaking news: the college football reach the I guess oh the goodness. the college sports landscape continues to just get shuffled around. This is wild. Well, They're coming to us. Wasn't the reason West that, Coast. that uh, what their face, um, isn't the reason Lincoln Riley went to USC was to get away from competition? And now he's going to have to deal with Ohio State, y'all, you know, some solid teams. Obviously not the SEC, but this is interesting. It's kind of funny. What is this? What is this from a recruiting standpoint that these California schools are coming into the Midwest? Now we're just, now I'm sounding like a Midwest homer, but. Is the Pac-12 dead? Well, the Pac-12 is obviously dead. They just like, lost all their schools. But, you know, we're, we're learning this for the first time. Lincoln oh Riley man, might be learning this for air. the first time. So this might, be, this, might, this might be something for the next episode. This is, uh, oh, my gosh. This is, this is big breaking news. It's, it's crazy because, yeah, I'm, I mean, it, it makes sense. I always felt like with the Pac-12, their leadership, there was so much news about, like, how corrupt it was, how they kept investing money, you know, into their own pockets, into, like, their own stuff, the most money, and they weren't investing into deals and stuff. So it definitely makes sense for these colleges to leave that. I mean, also the talent was just going downhill in terms of their football, uh, basketball. I mean, there's some good prospects once in a while, but nothing great. So in terms of athletics, which, I mean, this is the reason, the main reason they have all this. And um, They are barely sneaking teams into the college football playoffs. Exactly. By the end there? Well, I guess we can call it by the end now. The conference yeah. will be ending in 2024 as soon as the California schools move out. I mean, was the last good team that Mariota, Oregon team? like Probably. You know, obviously go back and Chip start Kelly talking teams. about, you know, Reggie Bush or... Yeah, Pete um, Carroll's run at USC. Yeah, USC. But, 
I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, and now with uh, Jim Harbaugh's run at Stanford, a little bit, a little bit for a couple years, a little micro run. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh never has full-on runs. He just stays at places for four or five years. So, but a little micro run from Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. So uh, a couple. And the Big Ten has been on the rise as of late, um, especially in basketball. I mean, they've had the last two years, they've had, what, like three or four of the top ten seeds regularly. I mean, Illinois kind of been a powerhouse the last two years. Michigan. Um, Michigan, y'all. Uh, Iowa has been solid. I mean, they made it to second in the nation, which they didn't deserve. But. And they had the number one four pick in the draft this year, mm-hmm. Keegan Murray. His yeah. brother Chris Murray already projected to be a first-round pick. Oh, really? Luca Garza the year before yeah. Before last was National Player of the Year. Twice. Two-time National so, Player of the I, Year. You know. And then you have Purdue, which is good every year. Uh, Penn State and basketball and football. So, I, I mean, I think it makes sense for both sides and – I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see UCLA and USC, you know, UCLA actually face some actual competition. Because it was always weird with the rankings where it's like, is UCLA good? Well, they're playing against, like, what, Stanford and, you know, Washington State. Like, they're not playing against good teams. And I think that hurt them in the rankings, and that's what they're realizing with this move is, you know, at the end of the day with college football, that's all it's about is that college football playoff at the end of the day, and they have to convince a committee that their competition is good enough and that their records are good enough. So now they have those teams they can finally play against. You know, you're finally playing against a high-level perennial powerhouse like Ohio State because at the end of the day, it's all about money, and that's what football is. Football is the most money. So they finally get to play against against really good teams like Ohio State, Penn State, you know, solid teams once in a while, Iowa, you know, I know – me like you know Iowa you know a little bit of a homer but you know they were really good this last year um, by their standards and you know Rutgers Wisconsin so there's at least like solid teams Minnesota's um, and um, I'm happy they're coming are you happy they're coming I mean you're a Michigan guy you're gonna have them now I'm fine with it my rivals Ohio State I have no feelings <laughs> toward USC or UCLA UCLA either way you're right football clearly uh, clearly reigns supreme because yeah. This is obviously a football move because as a basketball conference, the Pac-12, it's it's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah. UCLA is obviously an iconic, iconic yeah. school. USC has been good. Uh, but Ari- improved Ari- Arizona, Stanford, mm-hmm. uh, oh, U- yeah, Arizona, yeah. Utah, like you know, they're, they're okay. They're, they're a good basketball school. They're fun to watch. It's good to have them on at mm-hmm. you know late because they're yeah late, always in one always a late night. That's game. another thing though. Now more of their games are in times that people actually watch. So it might be another recruiting thing to be like, hey. You know, we're not only mountain time now. Or yeah, pro- so the market abi- the marketability gets better because you're in better football programs and you're bi- mm-hmm. in better time zones. Those are probably the two big things that come, and they become because of football. Like I said, the basketball's basketball's fine, but the football stuff. This is where this is where the real money's at, and these are moves that could potentially really benefit their their football programs. And now USC, you know, they're going to be a team that's going to have to be considered for the college football playoffs if Lincoln Riley is still there. Yeah. you know, this this is a move coming. Uh, I guess as soon as 2024, that's in two years, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's still down the road, but, uh, yeah, just so are, good moves for the football schools. Are, is the Big Ten, like, obviously the second best conference now, and there's no questions about it in football? Like, yeah, I mean, who else is competing with Like, them? Like, the Big 12 is now losing, with the Big 12 losing Texas and uh, Oklahoma, right, eventually, um, going to SEC, it's... Yeah, I mean, now so it's this like is, not so even close. So college football is really – it's just headed to the Big Ten versus the SEC. Yeah. It's really where this is going. Yeah. I mean, 
because you know with and Edelman. now with NIL deals, it will become a fully structured league. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten will be one conference. The uh, SEC will be the other conference, mm-hmm. and the winner from both of those conferences will play in the College Football Super Bowl every year, and that will be the champion. Mm-hmm. And athletes will get paid, and it will be almost a full-on professional sports league. And Arch Manning will be the first face of this at Texas, <laughs> at at uh, in the SEC. It will oh, be Arch Manning versus Lincoln Riley. Big Ten. That could be the Big Ten SEC that's winners in a couple sell. years. It's Texas and USC. That's crazy. That's that's bananas. That is bananas. And I mean, looking at the college uh, playoff football history, um, looking at the last couple of years. So the championship game. So we've had Georgia Alabama last one. Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, Oregon. So besides the very first game, we've always had an SEC, well, maybe always an SEC team, but always an SEC and Big Ten team. Yeah, always an SEC team. So, you know, it's already happened. It's already been going on, you know. And um, Clemson even, is like the one exception to the rule. They're in the yeah, ACC, ACC, but it, they're South Carolina. They're an yeah. easy hop over into the SEC. Yeah, they can take Florida State and Miami with them. The other, the other uh, ACC schools. I mean, what, what Boston College can go to the Patriots. Yeah, but Clemson's been the exception to the rule. Those three teams, the exception will, to prove the rule. Yeah, those three teams will jump over to the, yeah. the SEC. What other teams will jump into the Big Ten? There's not oh, wait, a whole so lot of other it, football schools are left. Clems, is Clemson set to join the SEC? No, I just, oh. I'm just throwing this out in the yeah. future. I mean, I think Clemson... Clemson will jump over. Florida yeah. State will jump over. Miami will jump over. Miami, who knows? I, I think with I think with Clemson, you know, they're at the point where they know that if they d- destroy the ACC, it's a punching a ticket to the college football playoff. So I don't I don't see why they would want to move. I mean... You well, know, because, get like we said, non-conference. The, the college football is going to come down in two, two conferences. Well, it is That'll eventually going to be there, but, like, you know. That's where uh, this is headed. That's my big prediction. We'll see. I mean, the Tigers definitely took a step back last year, so, you know, maybe it was just because Tua was so great. Or, uh, not Tua, Deshaun Watson was so great, you know. And then, the, you know, who knows? Maybe the Clemson, they don't continue the streak. I mean, Dabo's fun to uh, – a great coach, fun to play with, but – you know, I don't know if they'll continue to be. I a still like. House. I still like their quarterback this year. They have a. I'm gonna butcher his name, but DJ Agumbawale. Oh yeah, he he played last year though. Yeah, too. yeah, he did. It was his first full year starting. It was yeah. a rough year. They had lost a lot of talent defensively exactly. in the NFL, but they recruit well. They still have the number one recruit from a couple years ago, Brian Breesy. He'll be mm. one of the highest picks in next year's NFL draft. It's still a talented team. I like Clemson. No, they're still talented. I'm not saying they're gonna. This is not a college football pl- uh, playoff preview. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but no, I'm excited this is happening. You yeah, know, this will be nuts. Lincoln Riley, uh, now in the Big Ten, you know, and he knows what UCLA brings. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see uh, now some you know some a little bit more a lot more talented Big Ten and uh, build travel will be a thing. I mean, imagine you know Rutgers at USC or USC at Rutgers, you know. Maryland. Oh wow! Yeah, they're they're traveling across the country now, but. Hey, you know, we'll we'll uh we'll continue to keep an eye on now it. Now Oregon just breaking news. Oregon just gets left hanging alone and just now they're in no man's land. I mean, are they tough. just are they just falling behind as football school? There's just a lot of questions that come out of this. A lot yeah. of college football questions have branched out of this. Yeah, like how much Nike money is it going to take for anyone to go to the Oregon league? I mean, sure the uniforms are cool, but. Yeah. Now you're playing against Stanford and Washington State as your Oregon regular. State. 
<laughs> Utah, Utah is going to be the other only good team in the Pac-12. Yeah. No, nah, it's it's tough. Maybe they'll get maybe they'll get Boise State. There's just I don't know. The domino effects are melting my brain. Yeah, because it it's bad. it's humongous. So um, that's about it for the pod. Um, I'm really happy we're able to have actually something fresh, something interesting, and um, we'll have to see how this free agency turns out. You know, rumors and all that. NBA is notorious for being a rumor mill, and you know having so many jersey edits it's bananas i mean the, now the players are themselves are sharing jersey edits and did we ever talk about kd dame sharing oh i don't think yeah. we have on the pod no we haven't but no we, we, we said no, our own stuff. about about dame showing kd yeah it's not happening edit it's not on his story <laughs> and then i think someone else on the team shared it nurkic i think on they his both story. did it i was like what the heck man really recruiting hard Hey, they're trying. I mean, it's Kevin Durant. I'm not going to lie, but. But, yeah. Um, And every year we say that players that we don't know are available are available. And immediately in free agency, DeJounte Murray gets traded. So if that happens, something crazier is uh, likely to happen this weekend. Free agency starts in a couple hours at this point. I think it starts at, what, 6 or 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. So we're counting down the clock. Those are the moves that we have so far that we just covered. And not to stretch out the pot anymore, but. It's always nice when you see your take being used by the professionals, like the Spurs now tanking for Victor Wambanyana. You can saw the saw the video, and uh, let's just say we're, I'm definitely gonna have a nice couple of next days watching some big highlights because it's crazy. That's the homework. That's the homework for all you listeners who don't know him. First of all, learn how to pronounce his name. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Bill Simmons. And second of all, watch games of him because it's gonna be crazy next year. Twelve months ago, I was a Spurs fan. Going, I can't wait till next year's draft. We're back here. It's June, and I, I'm sitting here going, I can't wait till next year's draft. I'm back. There we go. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Check out the other content on our on our website, Spop.media, and yeah, have a good night.